Welcome to Central Division Hockey, the podcast, part two of this week's podcast. I'm your NHL outsider and Central Division expert, Tim Bigelow. As the podcast remains in two parts, the best context is the division team's four through six spot are closer now. Putting Colorado in the top four using Sunday night's cutoff when they were fourth by both points and point percentage and had been over several podcasts made sense by the time we get to Wednesday night's cutoff. Now that we'll be using going forward, both St. Louis and Nashville moved ahead of Colorado in points in the Central Division standings. What it doesn't mean is that we talk about Colorado now again. Just know the split was done using Sunday's cutoff for part one and Wednesday's cutoff for part two. And the standings order was the same over a month in that time when I decided who was in which part. With St. Louis, Nashville, and Colorado so close together, flip-flopping who is fourth every week on a now different cutoff isn't ideal. This year's All-Star break affords the next pause in the regular season play to do a reset. If there is a clear four-spot team over 600 point percentage at that time, I will drop a team down like a podcast relegation in the division and promote a team up. If you wonder why I said Colorado's fourth and now St. Louis is fourth, if you're listening to these back-to-back, the split in the days and cutoff is to get the podcast up before the games in the bottom half the teams play. Simply, Colorado stays in part one till the All-Star break. The bigger takeaway is the relevance of St. Louis and Nashville as it relates to the wildcard playoff conversation. It's officially almost on. I had the idea of putting the division top pair Dallas and Winnipeg in the pod with the tank-worthy healthy scratch pair of Arizona and Chicago. That would have kept the middle four Minnesota, St. Louis, and Nashville and Colorado together, teams most relevant to each other. It still isn't ideal either. Minnesota holding the third central division playoff spot needs to be with Winnipeg and Dallas, given that's looking more and more like two of the three teams that will have a division guaranteed first round playoff two versus three first round matchup the primary game recap is always put win or lose with the division team with the better record up to the cutoff the bottom pairing is surging st louis and nashville back to a respectful wild card relevancy but they're still outside looking in and we start with the blues St. Louis went 4-1-0 since our last pod, 21-18-3-45 points, fourth in points in the Central Division in 42 games played. St. Louis had reached the regular season game played midpoint during this stretch. St. Louis's 5.36 point percentage stays divisionally six, three more games played but two points up on Colorado. Two more games played, but one point up on Nashville. Both Colorado and Nashville have slightly better point percentages than St. Louis. St. Louis sits two points out of the second and first wildcard spots heading into Thursday, but with only one game in hand on second wildcard team Edmonton at present. Calgary and Edmonton also have better point percentages than St. Louis. St. Louis's Brandon Saad shorthanded slides at five hole to open scoring 452 in net front 301 past the first midpoint St. Louis's Braden Shen's net front power play goal put St. Louis up two. Toronto cheaters get a late goal 2-1 St. Louis after one. 309 into the second St. Louis's Jordan Kairou's net front scramble power play goal followed by the cheaters goal a minute 29 seconds after St. Louis's Josh Levo cheats St. Louis's sod seconds 
the Cheats again, all in four minutes, nine seconds span. St. Louis, 5-4 after 40. Cheats get the lone goal, 7.55 into the third on a power play. St. Louis get a 6-5 road shootout win. A minute 47 past the first midpoint, St. Louis's Jordan Kairos redirection goal gives St. Louis a 1-0 lead after one. New Jersey get a pair of goals, net front rebound, 351 into the second, and 847 screened shot after a defensive zone turnover in the middle frame. 333 left in the second, St. Louis's Ivan Barbashev off the rush, gets a goal, 2-all through 2. 227 into the third, Brandon Saad off the rush, and a power play goal by Robert Thomas on the goal line roof seven seconds to the third's midpoint a new jersey power play goal two minutes nine seconds after the third's midpoint st louis's thomas's second an empty netter with 43 seconds left ice is a 5-3 road win for st louis as new jersey would travel lose on a back-to-back St. Louis's Brandon Saad finishes off a two-on-one with Braden Chen with 35 seconds left in the first to open the scoring. 143 into the second, Montreal ties it. 301 to the game's midpoint. St. Louis's Alexei Torpchenko goes in and scores after a Montreal defensive zone turnover. A high slot Montreal power play goal ties it with 345 left in the second at two. 36 seconds, Montreal net front chip after a St. Louis defensive zone turnover into the third. St. Louis's Nikita Alexandrov scores his first NHL goal on a net front rebound, seven seconds shy of two minutes later. St. Louis's Pavel Bushnevich's slot power play goal, two minutes, 13 seconds later, put the Blues back in front. After Montreal puts it off the post, they score on the rebound two minutes, 38 seconds later to tie it again. And Montreal driving the net in the scramble jam it in with 7.30 left in the third. St. Louis lose on the road 5-4. to St. Louis's 3-0 division road win in Minnesota is covered in the Minnesota segment in part one. St. Louis's Pavel Bushnevich off the rush. Pass goes off a Calgary DNN on the power plate open, scoring 350 into the first. Calgary 344 past the first midpoint and four seconds shy of two minutes later on a net front tip. Give Calgary a 2-1 lead after one. 102 into the middle frame. Calgary score off the four check from the slot to be up 3-1 through 40. 220 into the third. St. Louis's Nikita Alexandrov's goal off a rebound and Jordan Kairou's team leading 20th of the year. 28 seconds after glove side from distance after St. Louis on a stretch pass gained the offensive zone has St. Louis with a pair of goals. 538 into the third. St. Louis's Robert Thomas finishes off the rush net side to score. Calgary use a coach challenge for offside and the goal because Cairo was offside doesn't count. Three all after three needing three on three OT. 28 seconds in to the overtime. St. Louis Thomas ends it putting away the overtime game winning goal on a two on one rush with Cairo as St. Louis win 4-3 in overtime at home. St. Louis's all-star selection forward Vladimir Tarasenko. Currently injured, Vladi has 29 points in 34 games played. That's a .85 points per game, just under point per game production. While I don't hate the selection, but especially in Tarasenko's absence, he is one of seven Blues now in double-digit goals. And if you want to say he's played less games, there are still three St. Louis forwards with better point-per-game marks heading into Thursday's action. 
there's been a week more time. But St. Louis's game breaker was definitely a for career reputation merit selection to me. Additionally, using Craig's format we talked about in part one, it would properly include St. Louis's lone 20 goal getter, Jordan Cairo, over point per game production, 41 points in 39 games played. That's probably who should have been selected for St. Louis as their one player. Next, I would have said forward Pavel Bushnevich ought to have been the second forward. By points per game, he leads St. Louis this year. 14 goals, 36 points in 33 games played. Third, on St. Louis, behind who everyone thinks I was going to say would be the second forward, is Robert Thomas, who is second on the team in points, 39 and 41 games played. That, by points per game, ranks third on the team, as it's just under yet still better than Tarasenko's headed into Thursday's game. You can take all three forwards with Craig's format and skip a D-man. However, Justin Falk, 22 points in 42 games played and six seconds ahead of Colton Perenko, according to Cap Friendly, it's Falk who leads St. Louis in time on ice. He would be the D to go if you were to use Craig's format and go with two forwards, one defenseman, and a goalie. In net, starter Jordan Bennington. And in a way, as I said in the first part of the pod, there are on certain teams, especially ones not above the playoff cutoff, some players that maybe wouldn't deserve all-star nods that Craig's format helps get in. However, Cup winner Bennington in this proposed format on career reputation is just as justified as Tarasenko being selected for St. Louis, or not to get ahead of ourselves, Chicago defenseman Seth Jones was. Those two guys are going to the All-Star game. At least game-breaker Tarasenko and Binner have cup rings. Same scenario, St. Louis doesn't really have a good, solid rookie invite. It's a coin toss between Jake Neighbors and the recent emergence of Nikita Alexandrov. No Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, or top 4 D Tory Krug, notably, and St. Louis goes 4-1-0. What gives? Structure of a top 9 forward gem that now has a defined top six, two lines, and a capable bottom six of players that know they are bottom six players. The D defensively in injury replacement is well relative as it was even at better health. It's a team weakness. Team defense play has improved slightly, and two players I haven't mentioned of the forwards, Vet Braden Shen and Brandon Saad, have stepped up on the offensive front. Over the last five games played, Shen has three goals, three assists, six points, and was held off the score sheet versus Calgary. Prior to it, it was December 12th that Shen had a goal. That's eight games between without one till the last five. That now includes his lone multi-goal game this year. The last five games played, Saad has five goals, two assists, seven points, also none versus Calgary. That ended a four-game goal streak for Saad, and that also included Saad's first multi-goal game this year. Other than the well-timed first shutout as a blue, 35-save performance by Thomas Grice versus Division Minnesota, St. Louis is simply outscoring the opposition of late to win. Entering Thursday's game, St. Louis's 151 goals against is the most allowed by any Central Division team. That's including Arizona and Chicago, who have allowed fewer. That's a big pause point 
on St. Louis and any wildcard playoff hope talk to me. St. Louis division, head-to-head record, 5-5-1. Five, five and one. St. Louis finished a two-game home set versus Calgary tonight. They won the first game versus Calgary, and it's part of a seven-game homestand for St. Louis. Saturday, St. Louis hosts Tampa Bay. Monday, Ottawa comes to town, and that will get us up to the next pod as St. Louis's homestand continues. Nashville went like St. Louis 4-1-0 since our last pod. It included a season-high four-game win streak for Nashville. 19-15-6, 44 points, fifth in the Central Division in 40 games played, 550-point percentage. That is also divisionally fifth as Nashville is a point back of St. Louis in two fewer games played, but Nashville have a better point percentage. Nashville is one point in one extra game played up of Colorado, but with a near identical 0.001 lower point percentage. Nashville is 13 points up on Arizona in the same game's played. Nashville's Cody Glass's net front tip on the power play. Colton Sissons off the rush finishing a 3-on-1 and a Matthias Ekholm blast as a Nashville power play expires has the Preds up 3-0, 42 seconds past the midpoint of the first. 50 seconds left, Montreal get a breakaway goal for a Nashville 3-1 lead after one. 6.40 into the second Montreal score before 2 minutes 38 seconds after Nashville's Tommy Novak's goal off the cycle and late in the middle frame. Defenseman Roman Yossi's deep pinch far side glove from the circle goal has Nashville up 5-2 through 40. Teams trade third period markers. Nashville's Matt Duchesne's 5-on-3 power play goal, 4-43 in, and a late Montreal goal with 3-0-1 left as Nashville take a 6-3 home win. Carolina's former Jet Blue and Ab Paul Statsny's power play goal open scoring, 7-41 in. Nashville Philip Forsberg's short side power play goal, 29 seconds past the first midpoint, has the teams tied at one after one. Carolina scores 35 seconds into the second. Nashville defenseman Matthias Ekholm's blast two minutes, 12 seconds later, ties it. Six seconds to the game's midpoint, Carolina goal. And Nashville's Cody Glass, with a minute 55 seconds after the game's midpoint, makes it three all through 40. It's a Nashville Mark Jankowski high tip from a shot from the sidewall 506 goal into the third and a Colton Sissons empty netter with three seconds left in the third to give Nashville's 5-3 road win. The game story is Nashville goal UC Starles. Three goals against 64 saves on 67 Carolina shots on goal, including Starles stopping all 28 Carolina shots in the third with the game on the line. Nashville had 25 shots on goal, including the empty netter. Nashville as a team had no business winning this game, but Staros. Nashville's Tommy Novak drives the net, winning a board battle to open scoring 4-10 into the first. Eight seconds to the first midpoint. Washington tied up on a net side tap off of the post. 4.51 left in the first. Nashville's Yakov Trennan bats the puck down on a net front rebound to give Nashville a 2-1 lead after one. A minute seven seconds past the game's midpoint. Washington tied up on the lone goal of the middle frame as former Ab Nick Abe Cobell weaves through three Preds to tie the game. Nashville's Ryan McDonough tucks a backhander in the paint, jumping in the rush. For his first goal of the year with 4.16 left in the third, that ends up the game-winning goal as Nashville take a 3-2 road win on the second game of 
the back-to-back. Nashville backup goalie Kevin Lincoln, two goals against 30 saves, makes 12 more saves than former Blue Washington goalie Charlie Lindgren, who faced 11 less shots on goal. Nashville's Roman Yossi's goal on a two-on-one after a neutral zone Ottawa turnover with 531 left in the first open scoring. 32 seconds after Nashville's Jeremy Lausanne's goal, net front off of his skate on a tenor Geno wraparound attempt makes it 2-0. Ottawa looked to jam in a goal with 3.5 left in the first, but a successful Nashville's coach's challenge has Ottawa offside and the goal taken off the scoreboard. 2-0 Nashville after one. Scoreless second that included a Matt Duchesne 4-on-4 goal on a successful Ottawa coach's challenge for offside, not count a minute 20 seconds into the middle frame. 7.30 into the third, Nashville's Philip Forsberg's 2-on-1 keep goal far side from the dot in a stellar 38-save shutout performance from UC Staros. His first of the year gives Nashville a 3-0 road win. Toronto cheaters with 3.06 left in the first open scoring on a fan pass for a net side backhander that sneaks past Nashville goalie UC Sorrows for a 1-0 lead after 1. 1.46 into the second, Nashville's Phillips Forsberg, 17th of the year. A top of the paint curl and drag goal ties it at 1 all through the middle frame. 4.22 left in the third, Nashville's Mark Jankowski takes a 4-minute double minor for high sticking that allows Toronto a power play for near to the rest of the game and the cheats with 115 left in the third in the back half of that four minute advantage get the power play game winning goal to narrowly win two to one at home over nashville nashville's deserved all-star selection goalie uc sorrows a pedestrian 15-11-5 record doesn't jump off the page, while Winnipeg's Connor Hellebuck is one, but Dallas's Jake Ottinger, another division goalie over the first half, more deserving of being All-Star Game bound. The fact is, the only Nashville player worth giving the All-Star nod to is UC Saros this year, and he's been super hot of late. Nashville should just call him Staros. Juices 2.65 goals against average, 922 save percentage, and including the recent outstanding in his crease play, Money Puck now entering tonight's Thursday's games has Staros at 20.2 goals saved above expected. That puts him ranked third and just ahead of Hellebuck and Ottinger now. In fairness, he wasn't when the NHL announced the All-Stars that included him. Under the Craig Morgan format, and trust me, if Chicago defenseman Seth Jones can be an all-star, well, Nashville defenseman Roman Yossi, 32 points in 40 games played, second on the team in points in Nashville, absolutely can be an all-star too. As close to point-per-game player as Nashville has, forward Philip Forsberg, 37 points, 17 goals, Nashville's team leader in both categories in 40 games played, would also be, and it's a bit of a stretch, but Matt Duchesne, 31 points in 39 games played, would be the other player as well. Rookie invite forward Yuso Parsonen, 26 games played, 14 points is Nashville's underwhelming best option. But I think if this format was used, and had it been a year ago, that rookie invite would have been Tanner Janot, and that would have been a first all-star appearance for him, and fans would have appreciated that. In an effort to, in 2023, talk positively about Nashville's team, not more positively, simply positively to start with. 
I will be having a segment aptly dubbed for Elvis's classic hit, Love Me Tender. Because the Link of Juice remix is a chart topper, full on stopper. The only thing it constantly reminds me is that find me a good Nashville team truism and we have a great goaltender backstopping it. And really, correct me on this fact, there is one retired number now in the rafters in Nashville on a team that is liberal in its banner use, as any franchise could be, and that one in the rafter belongs to goalie Pecorine. Since his retirement, the backup in waiting now starter, UC Staros, is what is keeping willing Nashville into the postseason year after year, and is, as I indicated, the major reason Nashville might make another run at it again this year. This past week, Nashville wins in Carolina because of Staros's 64-save near-NHL record performance, but franchise record to be sure, repelling of the shelling. Backup Lankinen required to be good the next game for a one-goal Nashville win. If I'm giving talking time, it's love and appreciation for the goaltenderness of Nashville's Tantum's play. But with the bulk of the workload, especially Juice, who followed up that 64-save win with a 38-save shutout. In fact, Money Puck heading into Saturday's games after Nashville's Friday game had Staros rank fourth in the NHL with his 16.4 goal saved above expected, moving him up from eighth in the NHL when I last shared the stat, and Staros was more than a respectable 10.1. However, heading into Thursday, tonight's game, that goal saved above expected is now 20.2 to rank third. While Nashville, in a one-goal-scored late loss, shorthanded of course, ended a four-game winning streak. To me, you can pretty much look at Nashville's uptick in points and Juice's goal saved above expected being improved as the only stat you probably need to put attention to as to explaining why Nashville's winning more. Nashville fans, please remember... You absolutely cannot properly tank while having Vesna conversation caliber goaltending in the NHL. Nashville's division head-to-head record, 4-5-3. Nashville continue on the road to Montreal tonight, Thursday, back at home to Buffalo Saturday, and on a home back-to-back Calgary Monday and Columbus Tuesday. That's when we'll catch up with you guys next with this four set of teams pacific division compared to bottom pair edmonton and vancouver fifth place pacific division edmonton with 47 points in 43 games played has a 547 points percentage and sits going into thursday's games as the second western conference wildcard team the point percentage is lower than both colorado and nashville but edmonton is better than st louis currently an afterthought vancouver and their 37 points in 40 games played, and a 463 point percentage that is below point percentages of six Central Division teams, who are all over 500, and five Pacific Division teams as well. Vancouver is just not bad enough to be in the Western Conference bottom four, but not deserving inclusion with the wildcard hopefuls either. 
Speaking of afterthoughts, the healthy scratch pairing of Arizona and Chicago combined won two games since our last look. They played each other to guarantee at least one win for one of the teams in saying that. Also, last in the NHL, Chicago is on a two-game win streak heater. And having beat Arizona, still Chicago is seven points behind them and one fewer games played awful. Here's another ouch. At minus 97 goal differential combined, Arizona and Chicago are three goals against shy of combining to be a minus 100 as a pair. Yet, remember, it's St. Louis who divisionally, individually, is the worst, having allowed two more goals against in Arizona and seven more goals against in Chicago. Arizona is on a six-game losing streak, 0-5-0 since our last check-in. 13, 22, 5, 31 points in 40 games played. Seventh in the division, lowering the team's point percentage to 388. Chicago made ground, including the regulation division win between the two teams, but to repeat, are seven points back. Florida 109 into the game, net side tap goal and 121 past the first midpoint go up two. Three seconds left in the first, Arizona's Jacob Chikrin's backdoor power play goal makes it 2-1 Florida after one. 517 into the second, Arizona's Clayton Keller's backhander far side from the top of the circle off the cycle ties it. Florida score 37 seconds after the game's midpoint. Arizona's Nick Bukestad's net front tip goal with 6.01 left is followed by two late Florida goals in the second, 3.09 left, and a power play marker with 31 seconds left. Florida 5-3 through 40, and that's the final score after a scoreless third in Florida. Arizona's Michael Carconi's off-the-rush goal driving to the net with 6.31 left in the first. Open scoring, Arizona 1-0 after one. Philadelphia need 25 seconds to score in the second. Arizona's Nick Ritchie off-the-rush backhand goal a minute 11 seconds after gives the Yotes the lead back. Nine seconds to five minutes into the middle frame. Philadelphia get the first of four goals in less than a 10-minute span. Capped off with a power play goal. 5-2 Philly through 40. Philly add a third period goal to win at home 6-2. Scoreless first between division basement dwellers Arizona and Chicago. Arizona playing on a back-to-back with travel. Chicago without forward Patrick Keane. 155 past the game's midpoint. Chicago defenseman Jake McCabe's far glove side blast goal opens scoring finally. 1-0 Chicago through 40. Chicago get the insurance empty net goal from Tyler Johnson from the center ice line with 46 seconds left in the third for a dull 2-0 home division win. Chicago goalie Alex Stalox needs 22 saves for his first shutout of the year. Arizona goalie Connor Ingram has one goal against but makes 30 saves. In more work in the loss. Arizona's Barrett Heaton goes to the paint to tip a Clayton Keller pass 518 into the first to open scoring. 1 0 Arizona after one. It's all Pittsburgh after that. Goals 556 and 49 seconds to the game's midpoint in the second. That Arizona goalie Corral Vomelka on the second one once back had Pittsburgh up 2-1 through the middle frame. 58 seconds past the third's midpoint. Pittsburgh extend the lead off the rush. Short side, backhand roof, and at a late empty netter with a minute five seconds left for a 4-1 road win in Arizona. 
San Jose opened scoring 439 into the first from the slot off the cycle to bury a high danger chance. Ten seconds shy of two minutes later, Arizona tie it. Barrett Heaton in the slot puts a backhander into an open cage on former Wild Central Division goalie Capo Kakinen. Arizona's Christian Fisher off a stretch pass goes far side roof on a partial breakaway goal to give Arizona a 2-1 lead after one. Q former Central Division players on San Jose providing the shark comeback. Former Wild briefly have Nico Sturm 5.59 into the second's rebound goal. Ties it at 2 through 40. Nine seconds into the third. It is San Jose drafted, but former Colorado out for four seasons. Matt Nieto's net front goal. That gives San Jose the lead. San Jose add a point shot goal through traffic with 5.50 left for a San Jose 4-1 road win in Arizona. Arizona's deserved all-star selection, forward Clayton Keller. 37 points, the team leader, 14 goals, tied for the team lead in 40 games played, is the closest yote to point-per-game production. Factor in, Arizona doesn't have a true top-line center, so it's been Travis Boyd, mostly, although of late, Barrett Hayton as a line mate up the middle, and the other winger with the most chemistry, Nick Schmaltz, missed four games shy of half of the team's games total so far. Keller deservingly, especially under those circumstances, for his point production. Under Craig's format, Arizona could opt to add defenseman Shane Gossett spare 28 points in 40 games played, and also Jacob Chikrin 20 points in 24 games played as its other skaters. If only one D was selected, although I would go with two, in favor of two forwards, it's likely tied for the team leading goals, Lawson Kraus, that would go. In net, goalie Corral Vamalka has only started to struggle of late. When Arizona built up its point lead on Chicago and neared 500 point percentage, Vamalka was good. At one point, Veggie's goal saved above expected was 17 to have him ranked third in the NHL at the time. It's dropped as Arizona has also gone on a slide to 10.3, but that's still eighth best among NHL goalies. In fact, it further reminds you the correlation to goal saved above expected and points in the standings. How so? Nashville's on a heater now. Staros is now better than Veggie was during Arizona's good stretch, swapping spots in that goal saved above expected metric specifically. Meanwhile, Arizona's Veggie is now about where Staros was, and Arizona isn't winning now. When Saros was at 0.2 less than Veggie is now, the talk in Nashville was about who could be traded at the upcoming deadline. Rookie invite would be Matias Michelli, 22 points in 30 games played. He's fourth in Arizona team scoring. He is among the better division rookies that under this proposed format of Arizona insider Craig Morgan that would garner deserved inclusion. Although I did add the rookie invite part after hearing Craig's idea. By the way, the under 500 Arizona would-be all-star squad is still a respectable group showing you most teams could with their goalie and three skaters and a rookie reasonably demonstrate argument to be included. Arizona lost to Division Chicago on a back-to-back and that was the third loss for Arizona in the second game of a back-to-back. 0-3-0 under those schedule conditions. Arizona has three goals for, 11 goals against over those three games played of the second game of back-to-backs. 
The Mullet Home Magic has also took a hit record-wise. 752, still above 500. Arizona is at home, but Arizona has lost their last two home games. Still, the issue is as the 14 game season longest road trip ended in losses, 0 4 2, Arizona hasn't recovered on the road. They are 0 6 0 since away from home, and now 6 17 3 on the road for the season. That's a 288 point percentage, but Arizona only have 15 more road games to go this season. That's a positive. Also, Chicago's current road trip point percentage is lower, 250. Worse, but Chicago has played 10 fewer road games so far. Arizona division had to head record 1-3-2. and two. They haven't played a lot of them. Arizona is home to Ottawa tonight, Thursday. Go on the road for a division back-to-back in Minnesota Saturday and Winnipeg Sunday and return home to play Detroit Tuesday. Chicago picked up points since our last pod, going 2-1-0, improving to 10-25-4, 24 points in 39 games played, 8th in the division and still last in the NHL, with a 308 point percentage. Chicago did gain 4 points on Arizona. Chicago remains last in points, 2 behind Columbus, and by point percentage in the entire NHL. Chicago Seth Jones goes to the net on the power play to direct the opening goal of the game. A minute 24 seconds past the first midpoint, Tampa Bay tie it one all after one. After a scoreless second, three Tampa Bay third period goals, even strength, 7-11 in, a Brandon Hagel power play goal, 14 seconds past the third's midpoint, and an empty net goal with a minute six seconds left, Tampa Bay 4-1 road win in Brandon Hagel's return to Chicago since being dealt at last year's deadline. Hagel had a power play goal, an assist, and put a shot off the crossbar in the middle frame. Chicago's 3-1 division win to Arizona. Game recap in the Arizona segment. Chicago recently called up forward prospect Lucas Reichel scores his first NHL goal net front in his third game this year to open scoring 239 into the game. Six minutes, 10 seconds after, Calgary tied on a power play tap in the paint goal. 10 seconds after the first midpoint, Chicago's Colin Blackwell's off the pad rebound for his first goal of the year makes it 2-1 Chicago after one. 35 seconds into the second, Chicago's Philip Khrushchev's two-on-one open net goal on a pass from Reichel is answered by a Calgary goal 27 seconds after off an offensive zone faceoff. 20 seconds to the game's midpoint, Calgary get a power play goal to tie it at 3 all through 2. A scoreless third requires 3-on-3 three three OT, 104 into the overtime. Chicago's Max Domi's 12th of the year provides the OT winner going to the net for a backhand tuck for a Chicago 4-3 home win as Chicago goalie Alex Stalick makes 44 saves allowing 3 goals against for the win. Chicago's required all-star selection, defenseman Seth Jones. Jones has two goals, one that came after his NHL selection, 13 points in 29 games played. This is the type of mandatory by reputation and the NHL needing each team to have a rep that has fans of good teams with players that are having better years scream for changes to the format in the first place. No doubt Seth Jones is Chicago's best defenseman. He isn't having an all-star campaign. Better using Craig's idea would be to send Chicago's three-time cup winners, 
with Jones, and that would be forwards Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, and admit it's solely for mostly previous accomplishments, and no one in Chicago has particularly shown this season over that trio. They deserve to be all-stars to bump them out. Likewise, goalie Alex Stalock hasn't played lots because of injury, but he's been Chicago's best goalie when he is able to play. He has a winning 6-5-1 record. That's Chicago's only goalie to have a winning record. It just hasn't been often that he has been healthy enough to play. The rookie invite, the recently called up Lucas Reichel, now has three points in three games played. Of course, that's after the selection announcements. And that tells you Chicago needs to work on their prospect pool because of near-NHL-ready Chicago prospects. Chicago has just Reichel at present. Concluding point on Craig's 3-on-3 tourney model using the eight Central Division teams, Chicago hardly has anyone of merit to send to the All-Star game, but the idea of a Chicago mini All-Star team does allow the best goalie of every other team, and with the exception of Cup winner Binner, you can make a case for the six Central Division goalies, minus Stalock, I included, have played good enough to be considered to be All-Stars. Right now, a goalie or two that should be all-star bound simply won't be. In fact, a couple teams didn't have standout rookies as well. So if you wanted to drop that part of the idea, okay. But the three skaters in a goalie model fails only really for the NHL's current last place team based only on this year's play. By previous career accomplishments, however, that Chicago team then would in turn allow for all the better performing teams to have a better reflected team group of actual deserving all-stars. And that's a trade-off I would make over the current format where not nearly enough players deserving get to go and some simply go because of that one player per team rule. Let me know what you think. Reports by 32 Thoughts this week indicated that forward Patrick Kane lower body may, because of an ongoing lingering issue, to paraphrase his described injury that needs to be cleaned up, might possibly decide to shut down for the season and get the required medical stuff done to be back at full health. Two things were pointed out. Kane's trade stock isn't as high as it was because of the lower performance this year albeit, I believe, mostly due to the lack of teammate talent skill he was surrounded with, and that he has been playing through some lingering injury issues. Kane is a pending unrestricted free agent, and that's someone Chicago can't walk to free agency and get no return for. However, it was suggested Chicago might, with Kane, agree on a one-year deal extension for next year, have Kane shut it down this year, go on IR till he's fully healthy and ready to return, and then Chicago could deal him next year. It would also help Chicago get to the cap floor next year. Goalie Alex Stalock, Chicago's lone over 500 record goalie, was again on IR due to illness and won't be available for tonight's game, but not sure the latest timetable for his return. Stalock has been substantially better than goalie Peter Morazic when Stalock has been healthy enough to play. Chicago's division had dead record 1-9-1 after that Arizona win. Chicago has a home division game versus Colorado tonight Thursday, home to Seattle Saturday, and Buffalo 
Tuesday. Pacific Division comparable healthy scratch pair, San Jose and Anaheim. San Jose picked up the win in Arizona. San Jose's 395 point percentage is the best of the four basement Western Conference teams. 34 points in 43 games played. It's three points up on Arizona, but San Jose has played three more games. Anaheim with 28 points in 42 games played is three back of Arizona and four ahead of Chicago with a higher 333 point percentage. That's lower than Arizona, but higher than Chicago. So they're in between between those two central division teams. Anaheim has also two more games played than Arizona, three more games played than Chicago. That finishes this week's two-part four-team division podcast looking at the lower half of the central division just remember part one of the next pod will drop monday or tuesday looking at the top half of the division and then we will look again at these four teams next week on thursday thanks for listening